and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, after years of uncertainty since the Brexit referendum in 2016, a deal on the future relations between the EU and the UK has finally been sealed. Kevin Hanrahan, Head of Rural Economy and Development Programme in Chagas, outlines what this deal actually means for the Irish beef sector. Well, Catherine, I think the, what the deal means for the Irish beef sector, farmers, uh, processors and people working in those two parts of the industry is really what was avoided as opposed to what was uh, gotten. I mean, and that's just the nature of, of Brexit uh, in a nutshell. Um, we're not going to gain anything from it. Uh, not sure anyone is really. Uh, we're going to be losing things. And it was about minimising the loss. And I think the uh, what what the trade deal means is that from... The first of January, there weren't tariffs on on uh, exports of Irish beef to the UK market, uh, or on exports of British beef to the Irish market. Um, but what it does mean is that there are going to be changes that um, meat processors, both in Ireland and and in the UK and in the European Union, will have to do uh, in terms of customs uh, and veterinary certificates uh, and export declarations that they will have to fill out as they ship beef and beef products uh, to one another's markets. Now, um, as of January 1, the European Union, and we're, we're part of the European Union, uh, had the, done the work and had the facilities ready and the processes ready uh, and are and were uh, from day one uh, insisting on all the customs um, processes and export health certificates to be, to be sort of going with the product uh, and and the UK realized that they weren't ready despite the fact that they they're uh, they're the root of all this process um so the full phasing in of UK customs checks hasn't really happened yet and that'll happen as we move towards the towards July so um I wouldn't expect there to be a dramatic impact on the farm gate prices of cattle that farmers get as a result of this of this this uh, agreement, this uh, trade and cooperation agreement, as it's called, the TCA. But what it means, you know, it's about the world you can you're comparing with. As compared to a world where we didn't get an agreement, um, we were forecasting that prices would drop dramatically, and I don't think that will happen because we have actually at the eleventh hour, at the one minute to midnight we actually got the agreement, this uh, trade and cooperation agreement. With over 50% of the Irish beef going to the British market, and as you mentioned, the tariffs and quotas gone, and they were a huge threat, what challenges will there be ahead or what issues might arise? The, the key issues that, that, that's concerning people at the moment uh, in industry, uh, I think, and, in, and in, um, in, in Kildare Street in the Department of Agriculture, Hood and the Marine, is what, how will the UK, Great Britain, um, implement uh, sort of uh, regulations on um, on imports of beef and particularly processed beef products so will the uk basically replicate completely the sort of um, rules and regs that we uh, apply to third country imports of beef processed beef products and that gets to really important trade flows at the moment in terms of minced beef and minced beef products that go from Ireland to, into, to Great Britain. And to what extent will, will the UK adopt European Union type approach that insists that those products have to be frozen if they're not sort of muscle, basically. And um, 
that will be an issue, obviously, because there's quite an important uh, trade relationship there in terms of supplying the, the the food service industry, the quick kind of quick service, the the McDonald's and Burger Kings of this world in the UK with Irish beef, quality Irish beef, um, that could be disrupted, and um, we don't yet know fully. I think uh, quite what that will, what quite what the UK will do, what what Great Britain will will insist on. So we'll have to wait and see, uh, but um, so there's those kind of uncertainties that are there. Um, almost certainly we're facing a new cliff edge, uh, slightly smaller than the one was faced on January 1, as we approach that middle of the year when the UK uh, has said it will, it will be ready to impose all of its customs checks on the, on the Ireland to, the, to Great Britain trade flows, which are the European Union is already doing all of its work in Calais and on the, the, the coast of the continent. And we are, as a member of the European Union, doing it in Rosslare and in Dublin port. It's what will, what will happen when the UK gets its act together and actually starts to do the equivalent in Pembroke and, and in Holyhead and in, and in Calais and the, the kind of the channel ports for trade that's going from the European Union to the UK. At the moment, the sort of feared for chaos at the ports hasn't materialized because we're early in the year, because a lot of lot of loads just aren't leaving the factories because they know they haven't got the documentation figured out yet. Um, and that's the documentation required for, for entry into the EU market. Now, if the UK do implement all their customs checks that they said they're going to do by the middle of the year, there will be additional documentation to equivalent documentation to get into the UK. And to what extent that will will um, will all go seamlessly? Uh, I suspect it won't. Um, so there will be there will be challenge. There are challenges ahead in terms of making sure that 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 starts to run. Um, what you know, we all know that uh, the UK is is a very very important market for Irish beef, fifty percent there thereabouts, um, and I think that will over time re- reduce, but. The scale of that market, uh, both for Ireland and in a European context, uh, is, is it just it's just not something that can be replaced overnight. And I think um, the job for the food, the, the meat processing industry, with support from Board Bia and from government and from organisations like Chagas, will basically to to grow alternative markets within the European Union and outside the EU, other than the UK, that we can uh, profitably both at the farm level and at the meat processing level, ship beef to. And that's, that's, that's the hard slog that, that has already started and will have to continue. And what changes do you think there will be on trade in relation to north and south of the border here in Ireland? Um, I, I, I don't see enormous changes on the north-south one, um, unless there's an... There's a, unless, so the exports of beef products uh, into the UK... I mean, the UK, we have agreed a, um, into GB, we've agreed a no tariff agreement with the with, with UK. So there's not going to be tariffs on exports of beef from Northern Ireland to Great Britain. So there's not going to be an, a, a new magic incentive to ship animals north to Northern Ireland to get processed and then to be sort of slipping in under the door in some sense to avoid tariffs uh, on entry into the UK because there aren't any tariffs. That's, that's the upside of the agreement. So I don't, I don't expect there to be any kind of uh, sort of politically created sort of dis- uh, incentives to, to, to change how we've, um, on the island of Ireland, managed the flow of animals. Um, 
I suspect there, you know, the UK probably will still um, have a preference for um, for British beef, uh, which will which will unfortunately, from the perspective of Irish farmers, north and south, um, probably be re reflected in a continuing kind of um, a gap between the prices that um, that are that. British beef gets on the British market and that Irish beef might get when it gets into that market. And you've touched on the beef products and minced beef. Mm. What's the likely impact for live exports? Well, we're, live exports, our live export markets are dominated by, by the continent, um, though there are live export flows to the UK, um, so there, to Great Britain. So there will, be, there will be extra checks on those live animal flows. Um, that will uh, that will come with costs, and I would expect there probably will be reduced uh, live exports from Ireland to Great Britain, uh, as compared to the past. Um, the live exports to the continent, um, the industry is telling us that the shipping industry is telling us that you know that they're they have the capacity to continue to do that. It's I guess it's going to be competing on the on the sort of the the, the routes to the continent. With uh, with a greater amount of traffic for for more more common and garden trade, uh, and there are there possibly will be some impacts in terms of uh, how the ports function, how Rosslare functions in terms of being able to get uh, an increased volumes of boats in loaded and out that might affect uh, the live trade. But I think. Um, you know, most of the live trade doesn't go through the UK, goes goes direct to the continent, and I, I think that will continue. But the extra traffic on those in those ports may may have knock on impacts, uh, but I don't expect that it'll be an enormous uh, shock. Kevin, farmers are proud of the high standards of production here in Ireland, but over long term implications for the beef exports to the UK market could it become flooded with cheap imports? Yeah, well, you know, the whole point about Brexit from the perspective of the Brexiteers uh, was that they were uh, free to do, they had regained their sovereignty and uh, they were free of the shackles, as they saw it, of, of, of being members of the European Union. And one of the things that they've been very explicit about wanting to do is to have the freedom to uh, strike trade deals. And all the trade deals they've been striking to date have just been ones that attempt to replace the trade deals that they have as members of the European Union. So, um, but they have ambition to do trade deals with uh, the big agricultural exporters, particularly those uh, that they see as in their, in their version of the world being in the Anglo sphere. So that's Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand. Now the European Union uh, has a trade deal with Canada uh, that the UK will be seeking to replicate. Um, and uh, the UK will be seeking to do trade deals with New Zealand and Australia. The European Union at the moment is negotiating trade deals with those two countries. Um, and no doubt that the UK probably would like to be doing trade deals with the United States. The European Union tried to, but doesn't have a trade deal with the US. Uh, so what those countries will be looking for in terms of their bilateral trade negotiations with the UK when they, when they decide to do it, almost certainly they'd be looking for access for their agricultural uh, and food exports. Now, um, the UK then will, well, you know, that will be one of the cards they have to offer while, when they're looking for what they want, their offensive interests in those, those kind of negotiations. Um, so almost certainly in the medium to longer term, 
the UK will seek to <coughs> agree bilateral trade deals that will grant extra market access to beef products that don't have the market access that we had historically and that we have under the terms of this trade um, and cooperation agreement with, between the European Union and the UK. And that will mean that uh, Irish uh, beef exporters will find themselves in the future uh, competing more uh, with uh, products from, from places like Canada, United States, New Zealand, um, Australia, perhaps down the road and the supplies from Mercosur countries as well. Um, and that, you know, compared to the world where that wasn't happening, that will uh, be the disadvantage of Irish beef exporters and ultimately to the disadvantage of Irish beef farmers. And the UK will do this because they see some gain for their other industries uh, or for their beef consumers. And they are, they no longer really are a part of the European family in terms of caring about what that means for Irish, for Irish farmers. Kevin, there's no denying of the fact that the beef sector has suffered huge losses due to market volatility, but is there a price rise on the horizon now as a result of the deal? Well, I think that I think the looking through looking through this year, I think that it's it's the COVID side of things will be will be the and the the, the, the general econ economic recovery in in the eurozone and in the UK will be the critical thing for the Irish beef industry together with with the supply of beef coming off of uh, Europe's farms and Britain's farms. And um, I don't I don't forecast we're going to be revising our forecast to release in December to take account of the um, of the agreement that was reached uh, just before Christmas. Um, but I don't see any dramatic drop, any any anything on the on the short term horizon that that suggests that there's going to be a, a dramatic drop in 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 beef prices. I think the extra trade costs because of the customs checks and the veterinary and certification that has to happen or will happen, particularly in the second half of this year, as the UK implements its own customs processes, um, uh, will probably have a negative uh, impact on, on the prices for cattle in Ireland. Um, but I don't see that being a very dramatic change. So, a mod, you know, I would, I would be looking to relative stability uh, as compared to the year we have had, which was actually, if we took out the, um, the, the chaos in the first lockdown period when the prices did collapse and there was compensation payments on foot of those, um, the price year for catalyst was actually quite, was, in, was, was not that bad as compared to 2019, for example. So, that doesn't mean it was brilliant in terms of, of what it meant for farm incomes, unfortunately. And what my forecast for the coming year would be at this point, and we have to think through all the, all the issues uh, in the next few weeks before we publish our, our, our revised outlook, is that beef prices will be relatively stable as compared to 2020 prices as we, look, as we move through 2021 with the, with the, sh the cloud and the horizon of of what the introduction of, of the full panoply of customs checks by the UK will, will be on that Ireland to, to Great Britain trade, which will happen in the second half of the year from July forward. At least that's what the British are telling us at the moment. I would not be surprised uh, if that gets pushed out <laughs> in due course as they, as they, as they fail uh, on an ongoing basis to get their stuff together. So. And with current COVID restrictions, what implications would that have for the beef sector at the moment or for the first half of 2021? 
I think that it's, you know, it's it's a negative in terms of what that means for for regular food service uh, demand for beef. Uh, you know, your everything from your your sit down have a meal with your with your significant other type of restaurants to to your your burger grabbed uh, as you as you go home from work. Um, but that's been off. That has we I would expect that this, the, the 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 retail channel at least through 2020 really did do an awful lot of work in terms of compensating for the loss of, of the um, of the food service uh, demand and I expect that that would be replicated and hopefully uh, as we move into, into quarter two this year through the spring and into the early summer the process of actually uh, vaccinating people in Ireland but more importantly from the perspective of Irish beef farmers in Britain and in the and in the continent European Union member states will mean that life will slowly but surely go back to normal and that will be good from the perspective of demand for beef and, and for, for farm incomes and for farm prices. Thanks very much, Kevin. Definitely still some uncertainty there until the second half of 2021. Yeah, unfortunately so, yeah. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Kevin for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.